everyone. Welcome to my show, Career Startup Podcast, a podcast to spotlight Asian leaders and interesting allies that I meet in my life. Today, I have with me an incredible guest who is an ally for the community. She is none other than Summer Watson, who's joining us from Washington, D.C. Hi, Summer. Welcome to the show, Career Startup Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Summer. And we love that amazing banner of code women behind you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you very much. And to our listeners out there, we're going to talk more about what Summer is going to do. <laughs> and to our listeners out there, we're going to talk more about what Summer does. Summer is a strategic empowerment coach, doctor of psychology, an author, podcaster, and an entrepreneur. If you're ready to live an empowered life, Summer is the person to talk to. And today we have the privilege of having her on our show. Welcome to Career Startup Podcast, Summer. Thank you so much. So Summer, let me start with what empowerment means to you. Well, I think it is really understanding yourself, what your personal beliefs and values are, and living in congruence with those personal beliefs and values. I think that's really empowering. It also means valuing yourself and being open to personal growth. So that's really key as well and it also has to do with as an empowered woman how woman how do you empower others so those three things together for me really kind of define do define empowerment so you mentioned about empowerment being personal growth and personal growth is always hard right because it takes yes. a lot of experience and uh, life lessons yes to get to that state of mind now tell me this a lot of people have misconception about empowerment is a term that is aligned with women, but how do you see empowerment across all genders? And that's a really good question because it goes back to my first point that I made about understanding your personal beliefs and values and living in congruence with those personal beliefs and values. I believe that is where our foundation of change, personal growth, development, inspiration, empowerment of others starts. So I don't think that if you, if you have a, a shaky ground that you're functioning from, I think that that's exactly what your journey is going to look like. But unless you actually establish and understand what your personal values and beliefs are, and let me, let me kind of explain what that means. Sure. So your personal beliefs and values you adopt those. So what that means is as we grow up, as we're a baby and we're born, we're a clean slate. So we're just open, we're like sponges. So we're open to ideas, we're open to um, what other people believe, we're open to that potential growth. And we get a lot of ideas and beliefs coming at us from our parents, our educators, our clergy, our, and a lot of that is adopted. And a lot of it is told, you need to believe this, or you have to do value that. Well, as we grow older, we have more choices. We have more choices about what we choose to believe. And I think once we get that really clear in our minds and live in congruence with what those are, that's going to be the foundation for how your journey looks. And what I mean by that is, it's going to, it's going to take, it's going to have a part in who you choose as a partner. It's going to play a part in what job you, you pursue. 
what company you work for, because let me ask you this, when you go into a, a job interview and you're asking questions, they're asking you questions. One of the questions that we tend to ask is, what is your mission? What is your mission as a company? What is your mission statement? What are your beliefs as a company? What do you want to see happen? You know, what are your expectations of me as an employee? And let me ask you this. If that mission doesn't necessarily, or their values don't necessarily align with yours, do you think you're going to have longevity in that job? Definitely no. Right. So it's really great to understand what your own personal values are because you want to align with what you're doing in your life, what job you take, the partner you have. Because if your values don't jive with the partner you choose, it's going to cause some strife that might create more difficulty. And I'm not saying you can't work through that. You certainly can, but it'll make life so much easier if you have a clear understanding of what those are. And so that's where I would begin is when you ask me, how is that inclusive of both men and women, all genders, right? Um, it starts there. It starts with understanding yourself, your own personal beliefs and values and living in congruence with that. And most of us don't take the time to reflect on what is that that we truly believe in? What values do we stand for? So it's always interesting to see in hindsight, you know, what your beliefs and vision and uh, values would be and how that aligns with all the choices that we make in life. So thank you for walking us through that thought process. Now tell me a little bit about your childhood summer. I know you mentioned as babies, we all start with a clean slate. How did your childhood experience shape you into the woman who, who you are today? Well, that's a great question. And, and you're right. These experiences shape us into who we are today. And I had ups and downs in my, um, like everybody else. But I'm going to take you back to when I was six months of age. And I know that's an early start, and we're going to kind of work through that. Um, and I'll try and do this as quickly as possible. But when I was so my mom was a young mom. She, and I think this is really important um, to tell, my mom was 17 when she got married to my father. I think it was a relationship of passion. It was a mixed relation. So my dad is Filipino and he is also Hispanic. And he, and my mom is Armenian and English. And so it was kind of a a mix of, of a lot of different things. And it was the late sixties. And during that time, there was a lot of strife between that diversity and that, that union. And, um, and so I think they were just coming into a very difficult relationship. One being young and that, that, that mixed marriage, um, the time it was the generation, um, and it was based off passion. And so there was also cultural things that got in influenced that relationship too. So I think there was difficulty there from the beginning and they were very young. So my mom was 17, my dad was 19. At six months of age, um, they were already beginning to split up. Um, my dad was somewhat abusive towards my mom and she needed to get out of that relationship. But she also had a baby, me, who had medical issues. So I ended up, um, she, I ended up getting sick and my mom kept taking me to the doctor and the doctors kept sending her away. She's like, but there's something wrong. She doesn't cry. She's not a cranky baby, but what, what's happening is she's 
she doesn't smell right. Like there's, she smells like she's curdling from the inside, right? And they just kept saying away, sending her away saying, she's just got the flu. She's got a stomach flu. And so basically at that time, I don't know if she was taken seriously, she was dismissed because she was a woman or because she was young or all of that, but I ended up going into a coma. And when I went into a coma, she had to race me to the hospital where they went into exploratory surgery only to find out that I had a hole in my small intestine. And so everything I was eating was going through that hole and poisoning me. So I became septic. And so it took multiple surgeries to get me well. And still up until I think 35 was my last surgery. And so that has um, impacted my life. But my mom said, you know, Summer, even then you were still happy. You never cried. You, the doctors were just amazed by your, your strength. And after the third surgery, they said, you know, there's, there's no more we can do for her. We really have to see her start thriving. Um, she's, you know, she's weak because of the surgeries, because of the infection. And the next thing my mom knew, she went out of the out of the room for a moment to compose herself. She comes back in, and the doctors are standing around the crib and they're holding hands and they're praying. And she said, "I never really." She's like, "I don't think I'd see anything like it today." And she basically said, "You know, that was really the last thing that they could do." They said, and they were just trying to do what they could. And so she said, and you did start thriving and you did have more surgeries, but you started getting better and you were resilient and you've been resilient all your life. And so after that, my parents then left us with my grandparents, my paternal grandparents who raised us for a few years because they just weren't ready to raise kids. And so they raised us till, until about four, three or four. My mom had us till about, I was two or three. And then, so I think I was five and then my dad came and got me. And um, that was an interesting um, upbringing to about 10 and um, really wanted to get away from that household. And my mom finally, you know, had another marriage with married to my stepfather who was a fabulous dad. And um, they took us and, um, and raised us and, and, they ended up getting a divorce, but my stepfather was always like that father that I was looking for. And so that was great to have that male role model there for me, who was just a, a wonderful man. And from there, I went on to Berkeley. And when I got onto that campus at UC Berkeley, I just looked around and thought, how, why am I here? How did I get here? You know, and yet prior to getting into Berkeley, my mom was a, she was a strong woman in her own regard. And then she always said, you can do whatever you set your mind to doing. Whatever it is that you choose to do, make sure that you're happy doing it. And so went to Berkeley, um, had a bit of that, at what they call today, imposter syndrome. Okay. You know, like, how am I here? Why am I? And I made it through it. There were some ups and downs and some difficulties, but I made it through it because I found a group to connect with. Being that the campus was so large, many of the classes had five to 500 to 700 people in them. It was tough to find that niche, to find that group, but I found one and I found a great sorority and that sorority was diverse and mixed with an amazing group of women who were fabulous. And we just lifted each other up and um, helped each other through, along our journey. And then from there, I had been dating somebody my senior year of high school. And so from there, um, I ended up going home, but for a short time and I was still dating um, 
my boyfriend from high school and even when I went away to college and and so I decided that I wanted to go to law school. So I got accepted to law school back east and from California, I went back east and went to a short bit of law school. And I thought during that time, this is just not really for me. And, and I was paying for it fiscally. I was, you know, I, I afforded that. Um, and I worked hard for that. And yet I knew that that wasn't the right place for me, but I, at least I tried. And I never was somebody to turn around and stop. But that point, at that point, I knew that I was going to lose a bit of myself if I just didn't do, if I continued with that, that part of my journey. And so I ended up going home and I ended up marrying my high school sweetheart. And from there, he had joined the Marine Corps. And so from there for the next 20 years, we traveled, we traveled around the United States. We lived in Okinawa, Japan for three years. So it gave me some good insight about, you know, being in different cultures, merging myself into those cultures, uh, really traveling to different countries and just really exploring. And at the same time, my husband went away to war for a year. And so I was in Japan by myself. But what I did realize is I had all these military spouses around me to help support me. And so each time when I look back in at the journey of my life, I recall that it's always women who were there to kind of not set the stage, but be there for a source of support. And I love that. And so when, and this gets into core women. So when my husband retired and I looked back in my life, I had an idea of what I wanted. When I first started out, I wanted to be that businesswoman. I wanted to work in the field of psychology. I wanted to, you know, I wanted that tenure somewhere. I wanted to be that person who stayed in that job and just went up the chain, right? And so... Right, Summer. So it's, it's been an incredible journey for you. When yeah. I look at all your experiences, uh, I, I strongly believe your mom has been a great source of inspiration for you. When uh, you hear words like, you got to live your life boldly and figure out what you want and go behind it. And you've had such incredible experiences, you know, going through some of life's challenges, but yeah. then still figuring out who you are as a woman and grounding yourself to embrace all these different kinds of experiences. So, uh, you know, that's just great to know. And thank you for being open and sharing all those vulnerable moments as, you know, as a young kid who goes through all these uh, different experiences. Now, coming back to Core Women, which was a nice segue for us. So Summer developed Core Women to create a business that she loves and for which she could apply her wisdom, her education and experience to support women in developing and achieving their personal and professional goals what made you choose this path? Uh, I know it was, you know, just traveling, it was meeting other women, but what exactly was that moment where you decided you wanted to be an entrepreneur? That's a good question because there was that moment. There was that aha, you know, and during that 20 years, let me just take a quick step back. But during that 20 years, I got a master's in human services. I had worked in um, nonprofit, for-profit, in uh, local government, doing children's services, um, working in schools, sitting in um, IEPs, individual education plans, um, doing individual group, um, you know, um, community-based counseling. So I did all of that. So when I worked in nonprofit, I also ran huge community-wide grants and um, 
collaborations. So I had that program management development side. I also then went on to work in the clinical field when um, I got my master's degree in human services. So I was working in one of the largest state facilities in California, um, the largest um, locked facility in the state of California in relation to mental health. And so I would assess people who, who were homicidal, suicidal, and gravely disabled. So with all that experience, I thought when I look back, my, my journey had changed a bit. It had changed a bit and I thought, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do now? How am I gonna take all of this experience, all of this depth of knowledge, what am I gonna do with it? So I decided once my uh, husband retired that I would go back to California and meet with some of my good friends. Some of my sorority sisters, as a matter of fact. And so we just spent like three days they were very busy women and finally we just you know we had three days together and about that second day we said put everything down you know stop with your phone stop with the the, the business because we were all busy but we, we came to spend time to it with each other but we went out to these fancy dinners we did all this stuff but it wasn't until i watched them in a living room and they were just talking they were filling their souls um, with each other and laughing and just really connecting and i thought to myself aha that's it that's it. Um, that's what I'm going to create. I'm going to create a home for the hearts and souls of women. I'm going to create something that offers a space, a safe space for women. And during that process, I created podcasts, seminars, all these various things that would bring women together that would allow women to tell their journeys. And so, yes, that was that aha moment for me. That was, that was when the uh, core women was conceived, the idea of it. That's incredible. You never know how business ideas shape up when you're right. just in a room, just relaxing and chit-chatting. And then all of a sudden you feel like, hey, there's something wonderful that you can create from these shared experiences. Yes. Now tell me this. I know you're also an author. Uh, yes. What is your book about? And tell us the title of the book. Okay. But can I take one quick step back? Because I do want people to know Core Women's K-O-R-E, right? Yes, and so and what that stands for because I think that's really important in relation to um, understanding core women. So it's it's the K stands for how we kinetically connect as women. So kinetics is how we move, right? So as we move through the world, how do we connect? And then how do we organically learn from each other? How do we reshape our lives through diverse interaction? And then how do we energize one another one another to promote change? So that's what core is. But regarding the book and getting back to that, so. It is co-authored book with Sheila Kirkbride. And Sheila and I um, came up with this interesting title because we were talking about language. We were talking about how important it is and um, how that, how we've developed our own personal language and how that influences how we move through the world. And so the book is called F Yeah, Get Real with Strong Language. And so what we really do here is it's not what you think. It's more about taking that whole idea and it's going back to where we began here um, regarding our discussion about empowerment. So it's about understanding yourself through the idea of using strong language to impose on your own personal beliefs to strategize about how you feel about strong language. And when you do the strategy in the book and you do so take a deep dive and you're willing to do that, and it'll help you develop your foundation, your foundation of your core personal beliefs and values. That's pretty cool. Now tell me this, you have a PhD in psychology. 
what's the one thing we can do as humans when we face failure and how do we turn ourselves into a better person? Well, okay. So it's difficult for me to say failure um, because I don't think you're failing even if you have a misstep. So even if you have a misstep, your learning from them is almost better than any success. So those missteps are to be embraced. We have successes all the time, which are easy to celebrate, right? Those are so simple to celebrate. But when we have a misstep, it takes resiliency, it takes faith, it takes hope, it takes action, it takes courage to confront those missteps and to learn from them. So what I'm saying here is if, you've, if you wanna call it failure, I call it missteps. If you have a misstep, embrace it, learn from it, have the courage to learn from it, be open to understanding what that would happen. And with that, that's where I would say that's how you confront it. Thank you. And that's something that's very much needed for all of us because we fear missteps of failure and think it reflects on who we are as a person. But as humans, we make mistakes. But how do we graciously open up ourselves and get more feedback and act on it? Uh, you know, that's, that's very crucial to become a better person. So thank you so right. much for those wonderful thoughts on that. I know you've been successful in terms of uh, putting a lot of energy into programs for military families and advocating for their needs. As somebody who's been through um, you know, a successful relationship, what do you think is one core thing that people need to think about for a successful marriage? That's a good question. And I think it's understanding. And with understanding comes comes trust, with understanding comes flexibility, with understanding comes a wealth of un, uh, knowledge. And so I think if you, because many people will say, oh, it's trust. Well, yeah, it's trust, but you have to also have the understanding for one another. Understand that you're different, understand that the relationship is going to change and it, a, a relationship is fluid and remember, Going back to, you know, the idea of missteps or failures, to embrace the change, to embrace missteps. All relationships have them. Why? Because we're human. We are human. And to be human is to what? Air? <laughs> so, human, <laughs> right? And so have that understanding, have that grace with that relationship. Thank you. A much needed thing for, uh, for all of us here. So what's next for uh, summer? And that's a wonderful question. So there's been so much, and I love that question because there is something next. I want to pursue radio. Great. So I um, will either start an independent radio show or I am also pitching different radio ideas, um, show ideas right now. So, yeah. And here we are rooting for you. On all your upcoming endeavors. We have a fun rapid fire round for you. Summer. Oh boy. Okay. We're going to put you on a hot seat. How does it feel? Oh boy. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun for me to put, um, you know, podcast hosts on the other side of the hot seat. Right. So let's get started. Are you excited? I am excited. Don't make it too hot. I don't want to get burned. Especially <laughs> <laughs> the summer season, huh? So you are a multifaceted personality wearing multiple hats, but what role do you enjoy the most? 
I think just being somebody who inspires others, that's the role. Yeah, that's the role. And I love it. I love empowering folks from men to women. It doesn't matter. Who's your role model? Oh, that's a good one. I don't know if there's just one, honestly, but I would have to say that although my mom, you know, is human and she has her own errors and she did her own missteps, I think that she would be one of those people, especially providing and helping provide that foundation of, of strength, of support, of courage. She would be the one. How does your mom feel about your success? Oh my God. <laughs> There, there are no words. You know, mom, moms are like, oh my gosh, my daughter. So she just gets so excited. She is very excited. That's awesome to hear. The last question on our show, what is your native language and how would you describe yourself in one word in that language? It is English. And resilient. Resilient. That would be the word. That's great. Thank you so much, Summer. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on our show. And I've enjoyed getting to know more about you, your childhood experiences, and how your mom has been a very inspiring uh, factor in your life. I also love the takeaway one about how do you see failure and the way you reframed it as missteps, because to err is human. And um, two is about how do you create successful relationships, you know, where you need a lot of understanding to begin with that leads to trust and to a happy life and three and the most important of all is thinking about who you are as a person what are your beliefs what is your vision for your life what are your value systems and aligning those in every aspect of your life going forward so those are the three major takeaways that i've really enjoyed getting to know about you and the best of all is the core woman podcast to our listeners out there it's a wonderful podcast which is very uplifting and it connects you with empowered people who will help you be the best and you definitely feel inspired. So subscribe to Code Women Podcast. And as a fellow podcaster, I love doing a shout out for you know, such wonderful podcasts out there. Until another episode with another interesting guest, this is your host, Priyanka.